What's up, what's up, what's up, basketball fans? Welcome to the next episode of L.A. Courtside Podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray. That little music clip right there, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Next episode kind of reminds me of the L.A. Clippers. They're ready for the next episode, game three. Seems like the Clippers want to make it rough. I remember back in 2004 when the Detroit Pistons won the championship and Rasheed Wallace coined the phrase, if it ain't rough, it ain't right. The Pistons just made it tough for themselves, losing games like the Clippers lost last night to Phoenix 104-103. to But the Pistons prevailed and won the NBA championship. The L.A. Clippers, they may be down 0-2. Clipper fans, you may be down right now. But I tell you what, they were down 0-2 against Dallas. They came back and won that series. They were down, of course, 0-2 against Utah, who was the number one seed in the Western Conference, or in all of basketball, I should say. They came back and won that series. And now they're down again 0-2 against the Phoenix Suns, who were the number two seed in the Western Conference. And the Clippers absolutely can come back and win this series. They definitely have a puncher's chance. But the way they lost that game last night has to be really, really deflating to the organization, to the players, and down to the fans, and so on and so forth. There was no way they should have lost that game last night. No excuses for that. The only way they could have lost that game was an alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton, which is exactly what happened. And the Clippers uh, go home to the Staples Center and try to regroup and get back in this series. So I will analyze that game last night against Phoenix. And I'll also talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference Finals, which will feature the Milwaukee Bucks and the upstart Atlanta Hawks. But before I get started with that, though, here is a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credit. That's right. Pick any basketball team. It could be any of the four that's left over in these playoffs. The Clippers, Phoenix, Atlanta, Milwaukee. Pick any of those teams that are still in contention. Bet $1. And if that team wins, you win $100. That's one C-note for those of us that call $100 a C-note. Insight credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? 
call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, all right, all right. That was a word from our sponsor again, DraftKings.com. I tell you what, you may want to go on their website and find out what the odds are for the Clippers to come back and win this Western Conference Finals. You may see something like a plus 750, plus 500, plus 750, something like that, meaning you bet 100 bucks and uh, you win 500. The Clippers come back and win four out of these next five games. It may sound like a tax that um, uh, is unlikely to happen, but like I said, they were down 0-2 against Dallas and Utah and were able to get the job done. So going back to this game last night, very, very disappointing. Again, a 104-103 to loss to the Phoenix Suns on the last second dunk by DeAndre Ayton. And again, you know, it's the, the easiest thing to do, of course, is to blame Paul George, who missed two crucial free throws. And I mean missed them badly. Missed them badly. That would have put the Clippers up by three points, and it would have made it virtually impossible for the Phoenix Suns to win that game. But he missed both of those free throws. And uh, at 0.7 seconds left, uh, you would still think the probability of Phoenix uh, making an alley-oop dunk, which is the only way that they were going to win that game, is very, very improbable. But that's exactly what happened. You had um, Devin Booker come in the lane and scream. I believe it was Nick Batum that was on him. Seems like Nick Batum, instead of going trying to go over on top of that screen and following Devin Booker, that he should have slipped under that screen and stayed down in the lane to help with the alley-oop dunk, which was, again, the only way that they were going to win. There wasn't enough uh, seconds left on the clock for Devin Booker to catch and shoot. Again, dunking was the only way they were going to win that game. Hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. Um, but, you know, if you look at the uh, highlights, it, it looks like Batum probably should have stayed put. And uh, Zubox was really uh, in a position where he couldn't do much. Again, he was screened off. Maybe he could have tried to fight through that screen a little bit more with the smaller Devin Booker. But, hey, it is what it is. Credit Phoenix for... Uh, uh, coming up with that great play and executing it. You can tell that they've they've practiced that play a lot. I mean, that that's what they called in the huddle, and that's exactly what they came out and executed. But again, going back to uh, Paul George missing the two free throws, that was the, really the critical part of that basketball game. And I'm not going to get on him too much. He's been playing great basketball in the playoffs. I mean, really, really good ball uh Paul George has been playing, especially without uh, his sidekick, Kawhi Leonard, who, again, uh, the Clipper brass really do not know when he's going to be back. My thought is he's probably not going to be back for the entire playoffs, which is really disappointing. But again, I think the Clippers can still win this thing even without uh, Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, again, 41 minutes. He is logging so many minutes. Seems like every game now he's playing at least 40 minutes. He was 10 out of 23 from the field. However, he was only one of eight from beyond the arc. And, you know, for Paul George, that's just not going to get it done. He did have six rebounds and six assists. However, he was only five of ten from the free throw line. Five of ten, Paul George, only 50%. He's a, Obviously, he's a much better free throw shooter than that. And, of course, we're going to focus on the two that he missed uh, down the stretch there. But he still scored 26 points. He led the Clippers 
in points. Uh, Reggie Jackson played a pretty good game, 39 minutes, 7 out of 15 from the field, 3 of 7 from beyond the arc, and he scored 19 points. The player that needs to really, really pick up, that's two games in a row where he's not played all that well. I know he has a, a nagging type of injury, but Marcus Morris Sr., 25 minutes, only 3 of 11 from the field, 1 of 2 from beyond the arc, he scores 7 points. They're going to have to get some better production Better output from Marcus Moore Sr. if they are to win this series against the Phoenix Suns. They're definitely going to have to get more than that because without Kawhi, of course, that's a lot of scoring that you don't have. And Marcus Moore Sr. needs to pick up the slack. You know what you're going to get from Paul George pretty much. You know what you're going to get from Reggie Jackson, who's also been playing very well in these playoffs. Marcus Moore Sr. is the third guy that really needs to come in and be that third option. Terrence Mann, of course, who had that big game against uh, Utah, you know, don't expect Terrence Mann to score 39 points. It's just not going to happen. You know, he had a great game, that particular game, the game of his life. But uh, in this particular game, 19 minutes, he scored only eight points. Maybe you can get some more production from Terrence Mann. Uh, He was three of five, one of three from uh, beyond the arc. Again, he's not a high-volume type of shooter or high-volume type of scorer anyway. But uh, eight points, you know, maybe you can squeeze some more points out of Terrence Mann. Uh, Luke Kennard, 19 uh, minutes, four out of seven from the field, two of five from uh, three-piece land, scored 10 points. Now, Luke Kennard has been playing very well in these playoffs as well as George and uh, Jackson. And I believe that Luke Kennard should be getting more than 19 minutes, especially with Kawhi Leonard being out indefinitely. Luke Kennard's confidence has picked up. He's playing a whole lot better on the floor. He's not the best defender in the world, but he's not going to embarrass himself too much out there. What they need is scoring. They need scoring from the left-hander from Duke. Duke Blue Devils, Mike Krzyzewski. And 19 minutes, I believe, is not enough for Luke Kennard. You know, Nick Batum, he plays 16 minutes. Uh, he's not a high-volume scorer either. Only scored three points. Zubak was actually in a starting lineup in this particular game. 34 minutes, 4 or 5 from the field, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. He also had 11 rebounds and led the Clippers in that category. Scored 14 points, so he played pretty well. And then, of course, you're not going to get too many points from Patrick Beverly, but he's going to be that defensive stopper that they need. And then lastly, Rondo played 17 minutes and was 2 of 6. Rondo scored 8 points. So basically, that's the breakdown of all the scoring. But what the Clippers need to do now, and I know it's very, very difficult to do when you lose a game like that, very, very disappointing. They have to get that game out of their mind ASAP. That game is over. You lost it. Doesn't matter if you lost it on a a last-second dunk with 0.7 seconds left or a last-second three-point shot by Devin Booker or any other type of way where you can lose a game. This is the Western Conference Finals, so you need to get that loss out of your mind ASAP because game three in the Staples Center is a must win situation. No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. And on top of all that, more bad news for the Clippers. You know, if you're if you're into liking injuries of other players, I don't particularly like that. I want to see Chris Paul healthy. I want to see Kawhi Leonard healthy. But from what we're hearing right now, Chris Paul will probably be back in game three in the Staples Center. So that's not necessarily, of course, good news for the Clippers. Now, 
uh, the interesting thing as far as the Phoenix Suns go, the player that's taking Chris Paul's place in the starting lineup, Cameron Payne. I call this kid Cameron Payne in the ass, man. Killing, killing the Clippers. 29 points, 12 out of 24 from the field. A healthy 50%. Kid was 2 of 8 from uh, 3 point land and 3 or 4 free throws. He also had 9 assists. So he's running the point guard effectively for Phoenix. You know, he's scoring points in bunches. He's a type of player, it seems like he can get into the lane at will. That left-handed dribble that he has, and it doesn't seem like he's the fastest guy in the world, but he's very, very shifty. And he can get in that lane, and he, he just floats that left-hander up off the glass, and nobody seems to be able to block it. No one seems to be able to stop it from going to the hole, not even Patrick Beverly. And the kid is just balling. So what's going to happen now when Chris Paul returns? Of course, Chris Paul is going to start. But now Cameron Payne has gotten so much confidence coming off the bench now when Chris Paul returns. He'll have plenty of confidence, and he'll be jacking that pill up even coming off the bench. So that's going to be another issue that the Clippers are going to have to deal with. Devin Booker, who's their best player, they held him pretty much in check, even though he scored 20, 20 points. But he was only 5 of 16 from the field, 1 of 3 from beyond the arc. And what they were doing, uh, Ty Lu made the adjustment by double-teaming him more. You know, it's the same thing he did with uh, in the Dallas series with uh, Luka. You know, you start double-teaming him. It's the same thing that he did in the Utah series with Donovan Mitchell. Start going off. You start double-teaming him. You know, these guys are great players. They're going to get their points, but you want to make it as difficult as possible. Make it as difficult as possible for them. Make them work as hard as humanly possible to get their points. They're going to score. Again, Devin Booker scored 20 points, but he's only 5 of 16. So, again, what the Clippers are doing is just running another player at him, trying to make him, you know, get rid of the ball as much as possible. Devin Booker has seven turnovers in this game. So that strategy of running another guy at him was very, very effective. And I think the Clippers need to do that moving forward for the rest of this series, however long it lasts. The other player for the Phoenix Suns who's really, really, just blossoming in front of our eyes is, of course, DeAndre Ayton, who's the guy, you know, who the guy that uh, made the alley-oop dunk at the end of the game. You know, young kid, 12 out of 15 from the field. He had 14 rebounds, 24 points. DeAndre Ayton, many uh, uh, basketball, so-called basketball experts, when he got drafted number one overall before Luka Doncic and Trey Young got drafted, and a lot of people are saying, well, Phoenix made a mistake. And it's kind of easy to say that. No one, I don't think anyone thought Luka was going to be as good as he turned out to be. And maybe not even Trey Young. You know, no one knew how that, uh, the way Trey Young played in, at Oklahoma was going to translate to the NBA. And then Luka coming from overseas and playing over there, you never know how that's going to translate. But those two guys, uh, they blossomed before Aiton. Now we're seeing DeAndre Ayton blossom before our eyes. He's going to be a very, 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 very good basketball player. I mean, at times he looks like he's unstoppable. Again, 12 out of 15 from the field. They really had no answer for him. Maybe the reason why Zubak is, uh, was inserted into the starting lineup is to try to slow down DeAndre Ayton, but that doesn't seem to be working either. So Ty Lue is going to have to continue to make some sort of adjustment to try to stop Ayton. Payne, Booker, 
and now uh, Chris Paul when he returns to the lineup. And then the other Cameron, I always say, you know, Phoenix has the Cameron. They're not brothers or anything like that. The Cameron boys, Cameron Payne and Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson from North Carolina, a Tar Heel. He's another guy that's, you know, when he gets on, he gets confidence, he can score. 24 minutes, 5 of 5 from the field, did not miss a shot. 1 of 1 from beyond the arc, scored 11 points. This team, Phoenix I'm referring to now, very, very good. I always say that I, I definitely underestimated them during the um, regular season, but I'm not underestimating them now. But I still have faith in the Clippers. I still think the Clippers, you know, some people are going to say L.A. Ray. You're crazy, man. Clippers are not going to be Phoenix. You know, you don't have Kawhi. Chris Paul is coming back. I'm telling you now, anything can happen. The Clippers still have a boatload of confidence. They're going back to the Staples Center. Of course, they're going to have to hold court down in the Staples Center. They're going to have to win both of those games. There's no doubt about that. Clippers basically got to win four out of the next five games. And if they hold serve at the Staples Center and then go back to Phoenix in game five and try to steal a win in Phoenix, you know, play that same kind of defense, especially on Booker. You know, I hope Ty Lue is, is – is, looking, listening, and learning. You know, run run another guy at him, man, because if not, he's going to kill you. You know, Booker is a rising star. He's going to kill you. Again, you're not going to stop him totally, but you can try to contain him. You have to try to contain this guy. Make it difficult for him to get shots off. Again, he had seven turnovers in that game, so that double team that they were running at him was bothering him a little bit. But you know, what happens is just the rest of the Suns, if, you know, they're killing you, especially Cameron Payne in the ass, 29 points. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere, man. Cameron Payne, I mean, if you can tell me what college Cameron Payne went to, hell, I had to look it up myself. He went to Murray State, the same school that produced Ja Morant. Cameron Payne was at that school a few years before Ja Morant was. Cameron Payne was uh, bounced around the G League. He played overseas. And then, you know, what happens to these young kids? He came back to the United States. He got a uh, tryout with the Phoenix Suns, made the most of it. And now look at him. There's going to be a lot of teams. I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but whenever his contract is up and he becomes a free agent, it's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be going after him. So this kid is basically making money, uh, future money as we speak. Again, he had nine assists to, uh, to lead the Phoenix Suns. So here we are, Clipper fans, Clipperholics, Clipper Nation, the Clip joint. You know, how do you feel about your team? When they were down uh, 0-2 against Dallas, you know, he had a lot of naysayers out there. They didn't think um, uh, the Clippers were going to come back and, and defeat Dallas, but they certainly did. And when they went down 0-2 against Utah with, with Donovan Spider Mitchell just really killing them, you know, many Clipper fans, they thought the end was right there. And what happened? Your team came back. And they beat the number one seed in all of basketball. And now they just find themselves in the same situation with Phoenix. So like Rasheed Wallace said, maybe the Clippers have this mindset. If it ain't rough, it ain't right. You know, or will this, is this going to come back and bite them, you know, being down 0-2 all the time? So next game in the Staples Center tomorrow, must-win situation. I do expect the Clippers to come out play well, and I expect for them to win. Chris Paul or no Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard or no Kawhi Leonard. I expect for them to come out and win the next two games, actually. 
got to keep the faith, Clipperholics. They haven't come this far in order to just uh, lay down and die against the Phoenix Suns. Clippers are just not going to do that. You know, this, this is their shot. This is their opportunity to go to the Western, I'm sorry, not the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals for the first time, obviously, in their history. So they're not going to lay down and die. Chris Paul, I'm sorry, not Chris Paul. Get Chris Paul and Paul George mixed up sometime. <laughs> Paul George, I believe, is going to redeem himself. He's going to redeem himself. I, my only concern with him is he's logging so many minutes. I hope it doesn't get to a point where he's fatigued. But he's going to redeem himself. Reggie Jackson is going to continue to play well. Patrick Beverly is going to continue to be that defensive guru and a guy that just gets in your face and gets under the skin. Again, Marcus Morris Sr. is a guy that really needs to pick up the pace and if the uh, Clippers are to have a chance against the Phoenix Suns. So, again, that game is tomorrow night. And uh, looking forward for a good game from the L.A. Clippers. Now, in my second segment, I just want to briefly talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. That starts tonight where the Atlanta Hawks will be traveling to Milwaukee to take on the Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks. In that particular series, I, you know, I, I go back and forth now just, just from a basketball purist and just looking at all the talent. You know, you can say you know, Milwaukee has the better team, the Greek Freak, you know, Chris Middleton, so on and so forth. They have a very, very good basketball team, although I am not a fan particularly of the Milwaukee Bucks, but they have a very, very good basketball team. That's one of these uh, uh, games or series on DraftKings I probably just won't touch because it will tempt me to pick Atlanta just because I don't like the Greek Freak all that much. However, Atlanta, though, is a very, very good team as well. I mean, they are Atlanta's pretty much playing with house money. No one expected Atlanta to make it this far to the Eastern Conference Finals, yet here they are, you know, led by Trey Young. Trey Young shoots the bar as soon as he crosses half court, man. He's got his eyes on that rim. The young fella can jack it up there, man. And, you know, they got good players. You know, John Collins, you know, he's a very, very good basketball player. You got Gallinari over there. You got Bogdanovich over there. So the Hawks are playing again. They're playing with house money. They have absolutely nothing to lose. And Milwaukee is one of those type of teams where they'll, they'll lay an egg on you. They'll lay an egg. I just wish that the defense, whatever defense Atlanta's going to employ, and the Greek freak, you know, he gets that running start from the top of the key. And you know he's just going to try to barrel his way down the lane. Somebody stand at the dining line, take a charge for this guy, take a couple of charges for this guy, get him in foul trouble, put him on the bench, and so he won't be as effective. But even if they do that, a lot of teams seems like they don't have um, what it takes to stop uh, Giannis, the Greek freak. Even though I don't particularly care for the guy, I'm not crazy. He's one of the better basketball players in the NBA for sure. So that's going to be a good series as well. Atlanta has been playing very well on the road. If they can go in there tonight and steal a victory in Milwaukee, that'll just increase the confidence that they already have. And uh, they'll be on their way because when they get down to Atlanta, those fans, they go wild down there as well. They love that team down in Atlanta. Very, very good young basketball team. So that series should be very, very interested. I would think it will go seven games. You know, down to the wire. The, lat, the game number seven will be in Milwaukee if it goes that far. 
And as you know, anything can happen in a game seven. So look forward to that contest tonight. The Atlanta Hawks traveling to Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals in game one. And with that, fans, I'm going to leave it right there. Again, I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this podcast and our sponsor, DraftKings.com. And if you want to subscribe to LA Courtside Pod, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, you can find LA Courtside Pod on any of those platforms. Make sure you subscribe, comment, rate, and review. I really, really would appreciate it. And with that, again, uh, the next episode, it will be after the Clippers game at game number three in the Staples Center. And I will be right back here to analyze that game and to give you all some good basketball content. So with that, until the next episode, as Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre say on their their song, until the next episode, peace. Peace.